You can tell her, you can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her anything. You can tell me anything. The podcast where I have comedians on confessing something they want to get off their chest. So excited to have my guest on today. He was one of the first improvisers I've ever seen live perform at UCB East. Um, he's been on MTV's Guy Code, has a show out now called 101 Places to Party Before You Die. And we just did a dropout thing on for College Humor called Dirty Laundry. Give it up for John Gabris. Yeah, T. Lee, <laughs> thanks for having me, dude. This yeah. fucking rolls. Yeah, did I ever tell you that? You were one of the first. I can't remember because your face was like, whoa. <laughs> I did. I yeah. No, I did not know that UCB East back in New York. Yeah, it was um. Sub, uh, no, what was it? Something. Oh my God, poet dead. Out, no. Outlook of the poet. Outlook of the poet. Yes. Oh, so yeah. Funny. Wow, that is. Uh, we opened up the Beast. We were the first show at the Beast with Doppelganger on. Uh, yes. A, and then we did Wednesday nights for the first year and a half, two years that the theater was open. That's what I. Yeah, I saw the double feature uh, with Doppelganger. And then I had just moved to that area, and I remember going to the mics. I think there was a mic right after that. So that was really like I think you, might be you right. were to blame for making me a comedian in some ways. Oh, I apologize <laughs> to everyone, and yeah. especially uh-huh. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you seem like a very smart person. I'm sure you have a more marketable skill. Get the fuck out <laughs> of this. This industry is crumbling around us. <laughs> you know, when you're starting out, you're it's just Fun. I don't know if you can remember when it was just not business <laughs> yeah. and it was just fun. Um, but it's always nice to see people who are like back from those days, you know, when it's like, oh, we're just going to hang out at the, the Triple Crown or whatever. <laughs> yep. That's a deep cut. My, um, yeah. Ooh, the Triple Crown, uh, Half King, McManus, uh, Walt. These were McManus. all like the... These are all the bars near UCB New York that we would hang out at. Inclu- like, oh. Man, <laughs> <laughs> weird vibes for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I yeah. Stop short of saying I miss them because I I I don't miss the like they had nachos at Triple Crown that were like just sliced cheese melted on, just like grocery store chips. So bad. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so, Taco Bandito right there on the corner at Twenty Six and Eighth <laughs> was one of my favorite Tex-Mex spots oh. in New York City. I I, th- I think about it once a week. Well, how are you? You're uh, in LA now doing I am. show traveling everywhere. Yes, hoping to do more of that for sure, um, especially as it's on like day nine of raining here. I'm very yeah. looking forward to traveling, uh, preferably on a network's dime, but uh, I will pay for it <laughs> myself if I have to. That's how much I want to get the fuck out of town for a little bit. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, I've been out here in L.A. for 10 years. Uh, same shit, different toilet, you know, just doing different like the toilet. same. <laughs> Just doing the exact same crap uh, and and having a blast. I, I'm a, I, I adopted real quick to being out here. I, I or adapted real quick. I adopted L.A. fast and adapted even faster. <laughs> I think the secret is we you have to let go of like wanting to hate it. That's kind of what I found. Like once I yeah. Similarly, I moved out here and was like, wow, why are people happy and I don't want that. And then as soon as I was like, nah, it's fine. Like I like the sunshine. Then yeah, lost it, it works. It's powerful. The sun, <laughs> the sun is a powerful being. We should say. Yeah. <laughs> you heard uh, it here all, first. All hail the sun. Um, <laughs> so this kind of, I started this podcast loosely because I started going to therapy late in life and loved talking about myself, but also just found it was a, 
shared sort of thing with comedians like we all like to talk about ourselves on stage it tends to be more these like short you know versions where there's it's all curated into jokes but um i want to offer a place to just get more into long-form conversations but i do like to ask my guests uh, just to get an idea like what do you have a confidant um do you do you go to therapy or maybe it's not therapy maybe like you meditate what's your sort of like routine when it comes to like needing to talk things out or what's your process I uh, was uh, I had been in therapy for a little bit. I'm in between therapists now. I'm uh, <laughs> on uh, playing on the, the field. I'm on the apps. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm on the therapy apps, swiping right. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, uh, therapy was very helpful for me. I have done some like uh, uh, psilocybin therapy as well, some okay. uh, mushroom therapy sessions, which were which were I helpful. Recommend. Uh, for me, like my, my meditation is getting to spend some time at the beach or in the water, no matter the temperature. That's kind of like, that's kind of like my happy place and my reset. My, I went on new year's day, went in the water. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So you're, you at, mean like, you like want that like ice bath? I like that. I love a, a, I'm a big sauna and uh, like hot and cold guy. Like I enjoy a sauna, but I also enjoy cold, uh, cold dips, cold plunges, cold showers. Uh, There's something about that. There's something about that, like shock that works well for me. That gets me, you know, like, I guess I'm an overthinker and like my brain goes like really fast, which uh, is super helpful if you're doing improv, but not super helpful if you're stressed about something because you could like really get down the road fast. So, like, anything that takes my brain out, like, that gets me out of my head, like, extreme temperatures, uh, truly (laughs) true relaxation, um, psychedelics, like, all that stuff uh, is much appreciated for me. I have high blood pressure, and my brain goes 100 miles an hour, and I I have anxiety. So, like, anything I can do to, like, fucking drop that down a little bit. So that's something that I'm trying to do is trying to introduce more quiet time more sit you know you know like i like lost the ability to read like i can still <laughs> that's that came across like the, that came out just with. having the attention span you mean like yes didn't. okay i used to be able to sit and read and then like i when i lived in new york i read on the subway all the time and now i'm like uh don't read at all even like recreationally even like when i'm on vacation i'm like i'll just look at my phone for this hour while i lay by the pool rather than read a book or something like that Uh and and i do a lot of audiobooks which is like sort of a cop out for me but like i think like it's not that important to uh be able to read if you're getting but i want (laughs) to be able to do it and i can't do it and that that kind of shit gets to me like I even if it's not in something your, in your background, I, you you look well read. You've got. I'm I try. Go, I but. try. Yeah, I try. I got a little bookshelf over there. Yeah. I also have uh, my vape and my volcano nice. and I forgive my forgive volcano. my background. Oh my god, nice. <laughs> forgive my background as I'm remodeling my uh, office and it's kind of trash. So if you use any video, I pre apologize for. Oh, okay. This well, filth. yeah, we'll we'll clip it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I totally and completely lost my train of thought. I also have ADHD, so I'm with you on the thoughts a minute, miles a minute. I'm curious, like, okay, because I, I, I do stand up mostly now. Like, I, I had, like, a couple of years of improv, but when you're performing, do you still feel that way? Like, your thoughts, or is it, it does it feel like it, it's a focused way to filter through, you know, because obviously with improv, like, you, you very much have, like, a clear idea of what's happening all the time. 
or you just used to feel like you're like, let's just go. Like I'm in it. I'm like swimming. Just like grabbing. Like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. I guess like when I do improv, I could be in one of two head spaces, which is sort of like, okay, we got to do like the, uh, the, the architect of like, okay, I should mm-hmm. tag this to take them here. But then sometimes, uh, like in, in like excitement, you're just sort of like riding along with the show, which I really enjoy. But I've been trying to do stand up more and more, especially in this new year. That's another uh, one right. of my things to do. So, but like for me, that's more distract, like, because you can't just go like go into listening mode, pay attention. Like that doesn't really work the same way when you're performing alone with a microphone. So like I find myself talking like I just did a show Sunday night and I talked so fast that I was like not keeping up with myself and I was like out of breath. And I was like, <laughs> I probably got to like f- figure this out. I'm like, maybe it's cardio. Maybe it's just slowing down and like, uh, you know, listening to myself or listening to the crowd or something like that. But I'm so adjusted to two person, multiple collaborative environments, you know, or, you know, multiple people. So I know to share the space. And then when it's just me, I'm like, hold on. Oh, wait, I meant to tell you this. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I jump back like just the way. That's I would the style, be. though. I feel like, you know, find, you're sort of feeling like you're almost improvising with yourself, but you're like making the audience feel like, oh, it's conversational. And then you, you know, roundabout come back to something where you're like, oh, see, I got it. I mean, yeah, I think kind of talking out loud. Your <laughs> right. <laughs> that makes sense. No, it makes your it does make sense. And honestly, I think that's part of it is like, I guess I just don't know what my style is yet. So like, I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to do it like this. And I'm like, well, you don't even know you're like not good at this. You're learning it like it's okay to just like uh, maybe that is my style. Maybe talking super fast and jumping around. Maybe ADHD heads in the crowd will be down with that kind of craziness. <laughs> uh-huh. I just um, I opened for Greg Proust for New Year's and his like styles like very like storytelling but then he'll it seems like he's going off on a tangent and then at the end it all comes back so I, it's really cool. I mean Talented I, I, I'm very guy. like yeah I have to write like I'm like well he's improv too but yeah for me I'm like here's material and then I'm like oh I hope the crowd doesn't talk to me which I need to work on because you got you do have to listen to the crowd and I'm just like please just watch me like a mirror and don't interact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right John the time has come is there anything oh, you'd no. like to tell me Actually, there's something I've been thinking about a little bit lately. I, I've my, a lot of my friends have kids. I'm child. I'm childless. I, you're a child. Uh, I, okay. I'm, I'm a child. child. <laughs> I'm child. <laughs> I am child. I am childless. Uh, I, uh, I love kids. I have nephews, nieces. I'm a big fan of my friends' kids. I never want to have kids myself. I don't believe I can handle the responsibility, but. Something uh-huh. that comes up to my like I think about when I think about being a kid, I think about and I want to apologize, I guess, to my mom and dad. My dad's <laughs> dead, so he's hopefully gets serious. Uh, he gets Spotify wherever he, he gets. He, hopefully he has a podcast fan. app. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, my son's on Teresa Lee. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> on Teresa Lee. I, love that. <laughs> I, uh, I used to like most kids like lie to my parents like you have mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like you have to to not get in trouble sometimes because you know everything is about not getting in trouble uh yeah. when you're younger uh and i just every once in a while i'll be in the shower i'll be like and i think about something that like just sends shivers down my spine it's not even that bad but i have so many okay. instances in my life m- multiple instances where i am lying i know i'm oh. lying 
and I'm screaming at my parents. <gasps> you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like 10, 12, uh-huh. 14, like that age, a couple of times. I'm sc- How could you not fucking believe me? I love uh, like you. Are you lie? I'm not lying. I swear to God, my pa- and like, okay, scre- wow. and and now with hindsight, being a grown up, <laughs> that it's so obvious that mm-hmm. I was lying. And so my my embarrassment is twofold. My embarrassment is that is so rude to do to my parents who were just trying their hardest. Uh, another layer that comes in is that my parents were. When I, in these instances where I'm fighting with my mom, she was five years younger than I am now. You oh know what God. I mean? Like, like she had me when she was 21 or 22. So when I was 14, she, you know, when I was 12, she was 34. Uh-huh. And I'm screaming like, "How could you fucking never blah? Oh, uh, I, 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 I want to leave this family so I can go play." And I'm in my head lying, and it's over so like, like you're a aware fuck- of what's happening as. It- And I'm just, yeah, and I'm in too deep to, like, back out. And it's, like, and it's all over, like, a signed test that I got, like, a Uh forged signature on a test that I got a 60 on or some shit. And I just think back to it every once in a while. And I'm so, I'm two parts embarrassed. One part for, like, treating my parents like that. And another part, like, the the fucking uh, the bad acting you're like man yes no. <laughs> yes exactly like, truly okay. like at, not 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 exactly the bad acting but being like a a person now who's like stand up for you know, be fucking real be honest and like at the uh-huh. time i'm like they know i'm lying so i'm like a little humbled in that i'm like a 14 year old <laughs> kid going like and like as soon as i walk away my parents are like well yeah obviously he's lying but what uh-huh. the fuck can we do about it so I'd like to confess slash apologize for just going, digging in so deep and so defensively over shit that didn't matter and sh- and just looking my mother in the eyes and lying to her. <laughs> like, oh, oh it God. was oh, it was over nothing, but I really dug in too hard in hindsight. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and that goes without saying, and obviously I haven't been in therapy in a while, but uh, maybe they could have been a little cooler about my slight like indiscretions or uh-huh. getting in trouble at school when I was struggling to get do well in school, like because I have well, yeah, I was ADD. Ask, like, were they most? Well, so first of all, that's a this is a great confession. Lots of juicy stuff to unpack, but I, I like that it started with you talking about your friends having kids because there's sort of that second layer of like it's not just you realizing your parents like what they went through but kind of going like oh yeah like we were all just at one point didn't know what we we're doing including like your parents didn't know yes <laughs> as much as we don't know um <laughs> right. but what you mentioned school once and then again so I was, i'm curious were a lot of these about sort of like grades or or, or is it all over the map like you yeah, know, it's like grades like- and behavior in school like i would get in a lot of trouble for like goofing off in school for what for what uh, you know class clownism or whatever sure. you know make making the class laugh I, I i was pretty actualized into comedy when i was like by the time i was like 13 i was like uh-huh. always the funniest kid wherever i was including like in my own house like my parents friends all thought i was funny like adults thought i was funny kids teachers i was always pushing to and i just like you're not supposed to do that in school, apparently. You know what I mean? If I went to a Montessori school, I probably would have been like a valedictorian. They would have been like, this kid <laughs> has got like such interesting ideas. But instead, I went to like a school in the 80s and 90s where <laughs> they didn't give a, uh, give a fuck about individuality or individualism or anything like that. So I got in a lot of... Uh, 
I, I'm old enough that I'm from the generation of kids who got in trouble for like accidents, you know, like for like losing okay. a textbook and then getting in trouble uh-huh. for that, being like punished for losing my jacket and shit like that. Now, like now with my friends who have kids, I'm like, imagine your kid like accidentally broke something and you were mad at them for it. Like you got mad yeah. at your kid for spilling. I used to get, I had such a oh, fear yeah. of Until spilling. You said that I was like. I literally just had a flashback when you said, because I broke a vase once and I was like horrified. That I was like, oh my God, it's, I'm in trouble. It's like, and now you're, and now you're a grown up uh, ish. If you had a, if you had like a, if you had like a five-year-old who like knocked over your iPad and cracked the screen, which like, it's, it's not their fault. Like it wouldn't right. like it would be wrong to be mad at them in that moment. You like yeah, if an yeah. adult did it, you'd go, "Oh man, be careful, please. Come on, these things are expensive." But it's an accident. But when a kid like I used like I remember well, I lost my You don't my, even get oh, sorry. No, no, I'm saying I, I lost my jacket once or someone took it out of my locker or something, you know, some shit that happens in high school. Uh-huh. And I was so afraid to tell my parents that I went to school without a jacket like in the winter in New York Aww. for like 3 weeks oh, until my they gosh. caught until they caught on because I was just like, they're like, where's your jacket? I'm like, I lost it. They're like, when? I was like, uh, <laughs> and oh like uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's they- so interesting because we don't understand that age um, why someone's mad quite yet. Like I think people, like parents are just going to therapy now and understanding like, oh, like here's how to manage emotions. But like, I don't like as an adult, I'm like, I won't yell at my friends or roommates. You know, I might get in the past having roommates in New York, like. I'm sure there's moments where you're annoyed, but I'm like, I wouldn't yell at a roommate unless they intentionally went around me and did something that they weren't supposed to. Like, so why would you yell at a kid who's not even good at being a human yet? Right, um, right. Yeah, like, they've, they're not even fully developed, like, uh, neurologically. Relax. Did you have siblings growing up? Yeah, I'm the or oldest in, of three. Not, growing up. And also now, I guess. But they, I still have them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm the oldest of three boys. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so you're the oldest. Like, so do you yeah. feel like... I'm curious where this, like, the, the like, anxiety of getting in trouble came from. Like, it's, it sounds... The way you're strict- talking about it, uh, through your parents, like, they, they would kind of be very disciplinary. My dad was very strict. And it was like, you couldn't... You had to do everything, like, his way around the house. And, like, anything that, like, rocked the boat, like a teacher calling the house or, like, gotcha. um, you know, like... get spilling something making a mess like uh stinking up the house with farts or poops or whatever <laughs> like i we just got in tr- trouble for farting no <laughs> we way. get in trouble we get in trouble what? for like I, I just and again in I hindsight it's like believe me it wasn't me my butt's just fart <laughs> sorry no but it's it's like and in hindsight it's probably just being like an alcoholic who's hung over all the time and you're like just going to be cranky with your kids or an angry guy because he's got a lot of unchecked bullshit going on, you know? So like uh, now with like some distance and like that's much sadder than my, 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 uh, my fantasy of no farts allowed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but it was kind of like, Jesus Christ, Jonathan, you stunk up the fucking house. And it's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm 15 oh, and I had yeah. to shit. And th- I this is the house I live in. Like, I, yeah. I can't. <laughs> please, uh, you, you can't possibly know this right now, mom and dad, but you're really adding a lot of baggage to uh-huh. what my, wi- my wife will have to deal with for 20 years of fucking <laughs> cohabitation. Yeah. I, I relate to someone. My mom was more like that with, uh, or still kind of is, but just very, and I think a lot of it comes out of her coping with her trauma, but just controlling. 
And I think as an adult, it's a little easier for me because I, you know, can understand how to set boundaries and, and how to kind of into her world versus my world. But as a kid, like, they make the rules of your world. Like, you have no other choice. And so there's this feeling of even if you, quote unquote, learn the rules and are good, you still end up messing up because you don't really know the rules. And I think that's the scary part. I'm, I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about, but that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Like, No, yeah. I mean, even when you're in a... Deny, Even when you're right. an adult and set your own rules, you mm-hmm. still like accidentally break them and you're like, come on, Gabris, you're not supposed to blah, blah, blah. You know better. Come on. You got to do blank. You're not supposed to fart blow off. Oh. oh, dad, I fought it. I miss you. I'm at his grave oh. farting. <laughs> Papa, just farting by his grave. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it now. Bet you bastard. <laughs> well, I guess what I'm getting at too is um, the to get to that point where you're sort of the only choice in your kid head because you already knew it was a lie to just double down harder was almost like there was having tried the other way or maybe when you feel like being honest isn't even going to get you anywhere it's just easier to deny like had you had a moment when you felt like it was like I'm not even going to try doing this the right way because it doesn't make sense like it's like I'm good but I'm still getting in trouble did that ever yeah, well, that would happen all the time. Like, I was old enough, like, I mean, I was smart enough or whatever enough that I could, like, wrap my head around the idea that it was a little crazy that I was getting in so much trouble based on the fact that, like, other kids in my school were, like, legit, like, smoking cigarettes, you know, doing uh. drugs, and I was not in, like, eighth and ninth grade. I was drinking on the weekends like everyone else in my school, but nothing like, but I was also, like, uh, the whatchamacallit, the, uh, like, uh, I was in AP classes and I was okay, doing yeah. all this cool stuff, on, like doing all this extracurricular shit, making videos with friends. And none of that landed on my family as like, mm. it, like, it was all just like, oh, but we, you got in trouble on the span, on the bus to the Spanish competition or whatever. And I was like, I know, but like, what about the fact that I was at the like Spanish uh-huh. competition? Like at like everyone uh, in Nassau County went to got together and comp- uh, all <laughs> English speaking kids got together and competed <laughs> in Spanish. And I I I was there. And I yes, on the bus English ride there, I kept <laughs> obviously a couple of Spanish Spanish speaking kids, <laughs> a couple of Spanish speaking kids uh, ringers. Oh no. <laughs> Damn it, the two Salvadorian kids from fucking Freeport just smoked us all. <laughs> uh, your parents sound like they're Asian parents. Are your parents from Taiwan? Uh, no, just... <laughs> no, but, like, uh, it's funny because my... I, I We always talked about this growing up. Like, as I, we got older, it's like... And I met more Asian people and South Asian people who would explain to me, like... Yeah, my parents were crazy strict. I'm like, mine too. And they were like, yeah, uh-huh. none of this. I'm like, yeah, same. And they were like, all that mattered is that we got good grades. I was like, oh, mine was sort of just like, there wasn't any like push in a specific direction. It was just oh. like swatting down when you went in the wrong oh direction. You know what I mean? Like obviously all good grades. All around anti. Yeah, there was no like, you hear a lot, and uh, forgive me if this sounds stereotypical, but growing up, this is what I would hear from my mm-hmm. Asian friends and shit of like, they just want me to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer mm-hmm. like them or something. My my parents weren't pushing anything in that direction, almost to the point where like, I never had like anything that my parents, uh-huh. you know, like every kid's like, my mom wanted me to be a lawyer, but instead I'm a podcaster. Like my parents never <laughs> even pushed me in a positive direction. Just like always like, 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 you like you nowhere to go. Like, was right? like where do I put that energy? 
<laughs> and I was like, what do you want me to be? I, I, and so I was like into movies and stuff as a kid. And like, this is like now getting cranky therapy adjacent. But like my parents like <laughs> never fostered that. It's like, wow, our 15 year old son like rides his bike to Blockbuster and watches like two 70s movies every Friday night. <laughs> like maybe he's got like a maybe we could support this bug in some way. You know what I mean? I had to like yeah. get a lifeguarding job to buy my first camera. And I was just like. In hindsight, I was like, man, if like when your kid demonstrates like a hobby or an interest, that must be like to me as a parent, that would be absolutely thrilling. Be like, looks like my kid's really into Legos. Let's support mm-hmm. that and push that. It's a positive habit. You know, it's not like my kid's really yeah. into fucking jeweling. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true, because it, it, I, I, mean, I think a lot of this has also become more. Uh, this conversation has changed through the just the last decade, too, because like the idea of watching TV and encouraging kids to watch TV, probably less heard of in the 90s, but I'm the same way. I'm like positive encouragement always makes better patterns than negative. But I feel like growing up, it was all about like, don't do this, don't do this. And even if Asian parents are like, get good grades, the general stereotype, like, I mean, you know, this isn't true for everyone, but a lot of people in the Bay Area, including myself, it's like, no matter how good you do, that's expected. And so you don't necessarily get praise. It's like... Yeah, there's oh, no positive reinforcement. Yeah, it's yeah, like, no, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. A plus, you know, it's like, oh, you got an A, now you can do better instead of like, oh, cool, I'll look at all this effort. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild how much we, <laughs> we fucked up our kids. <laughs> I know. And I, and I was like smart early on, so I set like a precedent that, and I, I was probably this smart, which is kind of smart. When I was like 13, which for a 13 year old or like a 10 year old is like genius. So I think I like just let my parents down by never really growing. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were like, wow, you used to be so much smarter. I'm like, no, I swear I'm the same smart. It's just third grade's easier than 10th grade. Like, I mean, where's the school's lie? just getting harder. Yeah, that's all. It, and there's girls around and like there's, you know, <laughs> there's like social structures and shit. Sorry, I don't give a fuck about my uh, English uh, paper. I only give a fuck about uh, bright colored bras under white T-shirts. <laughs> it was that's the 90s. My, yeah, that's like my dog. He's a uh, very well behaved <laughs> show, show tricks when uh, when it's just he's the only doggy and there's a lot of human attention. As soon as there's other dogs around, he's like, rah, 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 like. That's really I mean, not funny. to compare <laughs> girls to bitches, but you know, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, not the but, first podcast I've been on where the other person goes, yeah, you remind me of my dog. No, <laughs> I and I love my dog. Ah, I, I love your dog, I, too. I would not yell at him. Um, What's your dog's name? His name is Wushu. Wushu. Like it's, uh, oh, awesome. Asian martial arts. Yeah, it's just fun to say. It's, uh, it's a Hell yeah. Name. Um, it's wait, a type wanted, of kung fu, correct? It is, yeah. That's very that's yeah. cool that you know that. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge martial arts fan. I'm a big fan. I take Jeet Kune, I took Taekwondo growing up. I currently oh, take Jeet nice. Kune Do classes in LA. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, a fan. Cool. Yeah. I like Wushu because uh, it's the one that's like dance fighting, kind of. It's like, the it's prettiest. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like flexible. Like it was just all the kids who did it when I was growing up would like have their splits before everyone else. Like they were just like, look, I could do so high kicks. I'm like. So cool, yeah. The splits were quite. Uh, I feel like what was the, uh, that and like guys who do backflips. You know, I don't know if that was the same generation. Oh, handstands, uh, handstands, yeah. flips into pools, and uh, anyone who could do a split. All that shit was cool. I uh-huh. mean, like Van Dam was like the coolest. Like, 
when I was growing up, and he was just a man who, who was buff who could do splits in the movies. It was like I'm. I in. wish parties I were still like that. I wish we could still show up. I mean, <laughs> no, I kind of don't, but also that was what <laughs> teen, like ten year old birthday parties is just like, oh look, I'm double jointed. I could do this, and now it's yeah. like. You just sit around and talk. Everyone like, taking turns doing something weird with their yeah. body. Hold on, look, I can do this. <laughs> like make weird noises or whatever. And you just like go around a circle. It's like who else has got a freak thing? Uh... <laughs> that would be wild. Once in a while, I'd love to have just an adult in, in the middle of a party be like, guys, want to see like a backflip? And then, I mean, I would be like, yeah, let's see it. <laughs> let's do it, please. Um. Okay, I wanted to kind of go back about the – when you because. I'm, what I'm really interested um, in is the, like the emotion of your teenage self when you're like doubling down because there's obviously a link or not obviously, but it seems like there's a link when you're thinking back on it now as an adult because you're like you say, you think about the shower and that moment, like, why did I double down? Like there was this like realization. Oh, my God. My Siri is typing what I say. Hold on. That's so creepy. <laughs> and so creepy. OK. <laughs> it, just, it just transcribed what I just said. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it seemed like there was this realization like that you knew this whole time, but you didn't have the power to change the environment. But I don't know if this makes sense, but it's almost like this sounds like a mushroom thought. But like at the time you're like, I'm lying, but I'm going to double down with more emotion because the thing you're actually upset about isn't that you're telling the truth. It's that maybe that they didn't give you a way to be good and so because right. it does feel like there's real emotion when you talk about screaming at them but you knew you weren't telling the truth so that that intri intrigued me like where you you know what I mean like if you went back now into your teenage body like what it's not like you just be like yeah I did it right like there's still like that frustration like, yeah I want it about I that? wonder part of it is for sure that as a grown-up now I kind of like take pride in uh taking ownership of like yes i said that yes like i uh meant i said it in anger let's move on like i apologize like there's something about like you know backing up what you say and stuff that hits me now as a grown-up that i'm embarrassed that it didn't then and also i do think it would have just done both of us favors both of us meaning me and my parents if i just went like yep Okay, I did do that. I did lie about when the uh, project was due in earth science. And yes, I did get a uh, bad grade this semester. Yes, I and like and just moving on from there. <laughs> like, like, you know, there's something. And well, have you like, ever tried that? Like not back then. No, oh, no okay. I just I couldn't imagine everything was like uh, fire bad. You know, like everything was like trouble is fire. Do not get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Like the last thing. And like. I don't even like I was grounded and punished so much that it felt so like humiliating. Like I had a girlfriend who was a year older than me when I was a sophomore or a nice. junior. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, like, you know, I was like lost my virginity to her, started having sex. And I was like, I'm grounded this weekend. And I have like a girl, a girlfriend who has a job. Like, I, you know, like I have a job. I have a job in the summer. I and I work. And now I'm like grounded this weekend this feels insane it feels like you don't have that power over me and also it's felt so a everything felt so asymmetrical mm. it'd be like oh i got in trouble at school so i can't go away i can't hang out this next coming weekend and it was like that seems like 
one class in one period, one test during one class in one period causes me to lose a full weekend of socializing. And my parents like weren't even home on weekends. They worked and shit. So it was like there's so many layers to like how fucked up it was. And I was just like, how hard would it be to be like, hey, don't don't get a bad grade on your test, please. But of uh -huh. course, I'm not going to stop you from having sex this weekend. Like, that's such a great <laughs> way to like get in between. Like, like what way to make yourself the villain of this story uh -huh. is to be like, I'm not keeping my kid home when he's like at his peak, like learning to be social and needing to be social and needing to get out of this house. And clearly he has anger towards us because of like uh, how strict we are. And now what we're going to do is make him stay in when he's 16 years old. Like this is fucking awful. Like, and, and did you ever try I, to sneak out? Like, it seemed like you, no matter how much you got, I mean, it sounded like you were still a good kid and respected their rules, which is really interesting. Not that like you should break their rules, but after already getting in trouble, <laughs> Um, that's the like thing too is that I was like ostensibly a rule follower I was like yes uh -huh. okay fine I'm grounded this weekend I'm not gonna try to run away because I'm or like go uh, sneak away because I'm too afraid to get in more trouble and it's like so I'm a good kid like I, I, and you know what my my other brothers, my younger brothers, were a little bit more bad behaviored, and mm -hmm. they got treated better. They got like in less trouble than uh, I did. I think my parents. The younger ones usually get away with more. It's usually like parents are eventually like, "Fuck, man, we really were so hard on this kid, and look, he ended up fine. Let's just like back off a little bit on the younger ones." Yeah, and 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 it's like now now I'm like legit. This is how I know I need to get back into therapy. This is not a conversation for podcast. This is a <laughs> this is a th I mean, this is a conversation podcast, for <laughs> had all sorts of conversations. So. Yeah, I guess I mean with the premise of your podcast, it might it might take you in that direction. But yeah, um, it's just like like now I'm like you're making me like I'm bitter now as a grown up about what happened to me back then, and it's like I. And this is another thing I need to do. I need to learn to, like, release shit, let shit go and on, like, a smaller scale. And now this is – we're talking, like, you know, 28 <laughs> years ago. I have uh -huh. to, like – I have to let go of that. <laughs> like, like, I, I, can, I can see that, like, my, even though in my um, child experience is different from yours, I – and I have a twin sister. My mom would always – I don't know if she was, knew she was doing this, but, like, I was slightly more like social or a little bit more, you know, pushing the boundaries than my sister, but we were both good kids. My mom would ask my sister like, oh, is Teresa, you know, taking drugs or going out? And I wasn't. And I did start drinking in high school, but it made me kind of feel like emboldened to sneak out. And so I did by like senior year start sneaking out. Nothing crazy. I literally like make sure like a friend who was DD was driving, pick me, like we'd go to a party yeah. for like an hour, drop me off, be like, okay, I'm going to come home. But before that, I was like, don't break rules. And then I realized my mom thought I was breaking rules anyways. And that's what made me like, oh, okay, I'll do this. So that's why I'm like very impressed by how you're like, oh, fine, I'll stay home. Even though you're like, no matter what I do, I'm getting in trouble. Yeah, and I even am like this now. I'm a bit of like a rule follower, even when there's like no big deal. It's like, wait, no, the end of the line is over here. And it's like, people are like, no, just go in. I'm like, no, I should go to the end of the line. Like, there's like parts of me that still like kind of follow the rules in that way. Like, I'm a little bit like, uh -huh. I, I have like a real fear of like a real anxiety about being late places and stuff like that. Like, it's it's weird how uh, how much is going on up here. <laughs> As I'm, I think okay, of the more I think. <laughs> I'm curious if it's ever gone the other way if you've, were like falsely accused of something when you're growing up and you like that have that memory because the way you're describing like doubling down like how could you do this you know i could see 
that being very traumatic if that had happened, but like, it was, or was it just you being like, maybe it's possible I didn't do it, so I'll double down? Or did you ever actually yeah. get falsely accused? I wonder. I, I can't place any opportunities when I got like uh, if I was being accused, it was most likely I oh, they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't place I can't uh-huh. place any uh, specifics right now. But you, I just had a flash of one time when my college roommates visited me the summer in between freshman and sophomore year, and we went out in Long on Long Island, and uh, I got off at the wrong train stop to get. A, to take them home and we got like lost in like the suburbs and I my mom uh-huh. had to come pick us up and I was like Aww. hysterical hysterical crying wasted and like you know Aww. this is dad like I know just like crazy alcoholic sh- kid shit I'm like embarrassed but <laughs> it's just all coming back to me in this moment where I was like wow yeah that's when your mom picked you up to drive you home and you were like screaming that everyone in the family is an alcoholic even though you were like blackout wasted and I had college <laughs> friends with me like three other 18 year all guys being like oh what the fuck <laughs> oh my gosh that's giving me flashbacks too it's usually i would have my sister pick me up um Smart. i was not brave enough to have my mom pick me up drunk anywhere like i no, would that- no, i thankfully you know would not drive drunk but i'm like probably would have bicycled home drunk in high school <laughs> before I, I i know it's not my um Authority, but I absolve you of any guilt you feel towards your parents. Okay. Thank you. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I, in in some realms, I am I am the Almighty. So on this podcast, I'm gonna give you that that. So whatever that apology is fully accepted, and and Thank I think you. you're fully you. the human that you want to be now, and we all love that. Um, Thank you. I have Teresa. a quick game. You. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that's what I do here. I I uh, make people feel nice and good after I make them spill their trauma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I have a quick game um, to to round out the episode. Okay, this one's sort of inspired by your show because it's a show about parties or partying around the world. Well, it's not about, but you, you guys know what I, I mean. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. <laughs> It's you you have to watch it. It's fun. It's 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 a Gabrus and Adam Pally, and uh, this is this is called "Is this a real party trick someone got paid to recommend, or did I just pull this out of my back end?" Um, so this <laughs> they're basically I looked up some articles of lists of party tricks, and these articles are it's real. They're real dumb. Okay, that's a hint. Um, this like the I, there's like two articles I found that basically like coed.com and Secret Toronto. So this is. Just, they're real dumb. All right. All right, here's the first one. Break an apple with your bare hands. Is this a real party trick suggested by someone or? Yes. <laughs> you say that like you know. Okay, yes, you're right. Uh, the description says apples are finger foods. Let's keep it that way. It turns out you don't need superhuman strength to pull this fruity trick off. Just focus and a little bit of pressure. Real, have I've seen some people. Party? I've seen some people do it, like where you like rip an apple in yeah. half, more or less. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty fucking cool. It sound the sound is satisfying for sure. I bet. I bet it's cool. It, it is like yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe maybe that's a cool party trip. Try try it out. Let me know how how it goes. Um, here's the next one. <laughs> Blow bubbles with a CD. Uh, no, that's not something. Like, who has this? dish soap out that you could like make <laughs> uh, oh it's a party that has bubbles and cds when the fuck is this article written <laughs> uh yeah this was written in 2021 so 
probably uh, this is real. Um, oh wow! But you're right. I also would not invite this person to my party. Um, it says you'll need a couple props for this one, but the end result is worth your while. Simply get an old CD you don't need anymore. This is how we know they're old. And scratch off any paint or protective coating with some tool. Once all the coating is gone, get a lighter and heat the desired area of the CD. Once sufficiently heated, take a deep breath and blow in the heated area. This is from an article called 10 Cool Party Tricks You Can Learn Right Now. Whoa, so I'm sorry. It's not like putting soap in the ring in the CD and blowing <laughs> bubbles through it with your air, which is what I thought. It's like lighting and melting it and like making blowing parts of the CD off or making it bubble. Oh, I don't fully yeah, understand. I think so. I also... I, I also didn't fully understand until I read it just now. I thought you were blowing bubbles through it. Yeah, I but thought you'd be like, Instead, it so- sounds this like... This one is weirder, yeah. though. This is weirder. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I don't know that anyone's ever done this at a party, but I, someone got paid to write this article. Um, okay. Give your friend a black eye using stage combat and special effects makeup. That seems to be a fake party trick. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. the la- I, I think if you put a black eye on a person uh, or a, a female, a woman, or a, anyone at a party, it's going to be a little more sad than fun, or a little more trick. concerning than anything else. Okay, you're right. That's fake. Uh, okay. What about this one? Flip an egg in a shot glass. Flip an egg in a shot glass? That's, that's what I said. Yeah, okay, then I guess that's real, yeah, since I have no idea what that even means. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the real ones are even weirder than the ones I wrote. Um, Because This is what it says. Because if you're at a house party, there's probably an egg and a shot glass lying around somewhere. Do this trick and mildly impress bystanders. They seem self-aware that it's stupid. There's a video, which I'm not going to play, but... I like that they said mildly impressed. They're aware of what they're... They're, they're aware of what kind of bullshit they're aiming to get done here. Um, here's the next one. Pop a balloon without touching it. Ooh. That's a real trick. It is a real trick. It's, uh, it says, this trick will add shock value to your arsenal. Only two things required. An inflated balloon and an orange peel. Cut off a piece of orange peel, conceal it in the palm of your hand... Do a little razzle-dazzle, abracadabra, and wave your hand over the balloon as you surreptitiously squeeze the orange peel. The chemical limonene in the orange will fall upon the balloon and dissolve the rubber, making it pop. Oh, shit. Limonene is also a terpene that's in, found in cannabis. Oh, yeah. so maybe you could do it with weed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah just, squeeze, squeeze an eighth Dab, a little dab head. and pop the balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, final one. Hypnotize the dog. Uh, fake. <laughs> yeah. You should never, even if it is real, <laughs> you should never do psychic activity with the canines. They don't deserve it from us. <laughs> no, they don't. Wait, what's that on the, what's the tat on the inside of your bicep? On the inside oh, of your oh, right this, bicep. Oh, this is California, California. And then this is, yeah, I got this for $13. Do you have, do you have a New York? I have an island, yeah. Oh, uh, that nice. This one, I got it in New York. Yeah. Uh, you got $15. California in New York? <laughs> yeah. I d- did you get yours in Long Island? Yes, I did. Me and my brothers <laughs> all got this at the same time. Yeah. Aw, that's nice. Um, well, your, your prize for winning the game and having a cool tattoo is you can tell the listeners um, where to follow you, find you, like plug your things. Oh, hell yeah. I'm at Gabrus on all social media, G-A-B-R-U-S. Uh, I have a podcast called High and Mighty, which is a free chat show. Uh, I have like 
almost 400 episodes of that out. So dive in if you haven't listened yet or don't. I understand. Uh, and then I also have the Action Boys podcast, which is a Patreon podcast. But there are some free episodes out there. So if you search that wherever you get pods, we have a free feed. But maybe you got a little extra scratch and you want to listen to three guys talk about action movies for around three hours an episode. I know that's not appealing to most, but maybe it appeals to you. Sign up at actionboys.biz. Nice. And you can follow this podcast at Real Father Long Legs. I've been to recently. Thank you, John Gabris, for coming on the show. Check out all his stuff and listen to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah.